please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How are you feeling today, my friends? You're feeling good? You're feeling strong? Feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. Can't ask for better than that. Hey, you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. You're going to the doctor. You're keeping your appointments. You're taking your medication, doing your rehab, doing your exercises. Can't ask for better. Hey, before we start, I want to remind you, an Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. Go over there, check it out. We have a new look. You can see my bio. You can see the startings, where we came from. You can see podcast news. Check it out. It's worth it. Go over there, give it a look. <laughs> hey, we got a good one for you today. We've got an update from Social Security. Finally, they've made some headroom on these people that are trying to separate us from our money. They've made some headroom on it. They've caught a couple of the actors that are out there trying to scam us. And I tell you what, we have some good people working in Social Security right now. I mean, this has gone on for years. And finally, finally, these people are making headway. They're catching up with these crooks and they're taking them to task. It's a good thing. Also, I have a report here. Now, last week, we uh, spoke to some listeners about things that are going on in their family with, you know, their spouses being out on disability, permanently disabled, and their families. Some of them are having a hard time dealing with it. So we spoke about this, oh, probably a year ago. When there's a disability, when, when, when someone has a job and they're working a full-time job and all of a sudden they become disabled, that's a, that's a loss. That's tantamount to a death in the family because that's a big chunk of your life that's gone and it's gone suddenly. And you go through five stages of grief and loss. It's the same as if you, you're mourning the loss of a, a loved one or you're mourning the loss of a job or that part of your life. So we're going to go over that today. It's, I think that's very important. It's very important for not only for us, the disabled person, but also for the people around us. You're going to see a lot of yourself in what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to go over that also. That's a, it's a good report. It's a good discussion. And it's something to, something to look at, something to listen to, and something to think about as well. All right, let's get started here. All right, I have a report here from Tracy Lynch, the communications director for the Office of the Inspector General. It says Social Security is taking action to prevent scam calls. Social Security phone scams are the number one type of fraud reported to the Federal Trade Commission. Calls claim that you have a problem with your Social Security number or benefits and demand immediate payment from you to avoid arrest or other legal action. We recently announced two landmark civil complaints filed by the Department of Justice in the Eastern District of New York seeking injunctions against five telecommunication companies and their owners. The complaints allege the companies and their owners have 
four years knowingly facilitated government imposter telephone scams. The Department of Justice issued a news release about the filing and request for court orders and held a press conference call with the U.S. Attorney Richard Donahue, Inspector General Gail S. Enos, and Chief Postal Inspector Gary Barksdale. If granted, the court orders will prevent the five enjoined companies from continuing to allow the delivery of millions of fraudulent robocalls every day from foreign call centers to the U.S. telecommunications systems. You can read the entire press conference release at oig.ssa.gov forward slash newsroom forward slash news releases. If you receive a call or an email about a problem with your social security number or account that you believe to be suspicious, hang up or do not respond. We encourage you to report social security phone scams using our dedicated online form at oig.ssa.gov. Please share this information with your friends and family to help them learn how to protect themselves from phone scams. For more information, please visit oig.ssa.gov forward slash scams. Well, at least they've got five companies now that they can go after, and that's great. That's great. At least they're making headway here. For so long, this is just left unchecked, and they keep on telling us, we're looking, we're looking. But now they're finding them, and they're finally getting their hands around them, and hopefully they'll choke them out of business. It's a good thing, my friends. It's a good thing. I don't know if you've ever got those calls. I know I've got them. I know other people that have got them, and they tell you, yeah, well, you can pay it, and this way you can avoid arrest as long as you pay us with Target gift cards or Home Depot gift cards or something like that. You know it's a scam. You know, you know it's a scam. Hang up on them. Social Security will never contact you like that. They'll contact you in writing, and they'll give you all kinds of options and appeal options in the letters. They'll never call you up and say they're going to arrest you or they're going to, they'll give you better benefits if you pay right away over the phone. That's not how Social Security works. So don't let them scam you. Don't let them come between you and your money. We have a hard enough time. We're on fixed incomes. Don't let them make it even harder. Okay? I just wanted to update you on that. I thought it was interesting. And if you didn't get the, the addresses, they're in the podcast description box. All right, let's move on. You always hear people saying that there's more important things in life than your job, than to go to work, that family's more important than working. And they're right. Family is more important than working. But there has to be a balance. And you need that. You need to work in order to take care of your family, right? You need to work in order to have money to put food on the table, to pay your mortgage or your rent, to pay for your car, to pay for your kids to go to school, to pay for clothes. You need money. And when someone gets hurt while they're working and all of a sudden they can't work anymore, that's so similar to a death because all of a sudden your life stops. I know for me it did. I I was on an upward spiral at one point in my life. I was making more money than I ever made and it was looking good. My career was on the upshoot and in the blink of an eye, it was over. It was over. My, my upward spiral turned into a downfall. And all of a sudden, I had to figure out, how am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to pay for my car? How am I going to pay for my doctors? How am I going to do anything? All of a sudden, 
I'm the man in my family and I, I got to depend on my wife. I went from making a great amount of money to making nothing. And if you don't think that that affects you mentally, you're wrong. If you don't think that affects you mentally, that you, you know that you can't walk. So if you can't walk, you can't work. You're wrong. And that's what I'm talking about here. You know, if somebody dies, you go through, you, you grieve that loss. But what people don't realize is that when someone becomes disabled and you lose your job or you lose the ability to provide for your family, you grieve that loss as well. And there's stages of grief and loss that you go through. The same as if somebody passed away. The person that gets that becomes disabled goes through those same stages. And we're going to go through that here. People around us mean well. They don't want to see us depressed. They see that we're hurt, we're physically hurt, and they don't want us to be mentally hurt. You have to appreciate that, but they also have to appreciate that we have to work through this. This is something that as individuals that have a disability now, we have to work through this ourselves. We have to get through it mentally so that we can move on. And we do have to go through these these uh, stages of grief just to get it out of our system. You know, a lot of times people will say, and they were good, they were, there was people around me that were great for saying, look, don't be depressed. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's very easy for someone else to tell you not to worry about something. I don't know if you've ever, you've ever come across people like that, but I have. People, people will be quick to say, don't worry about it. And they're trying to make you feel good. They're not trying to make you feel bad. They're trying to make you feel good by saying that. Don't worry about it. Things will get better. But in my mind, I have to see them get better. I'm still losing something. I'm, I've lost the job that I loved. I lost my ability to make the money that I, that I liked making. I lost my ability to be self-sufficient. And even though they mean well by telling you, oh, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. It doesn't help when someone says, ah, oh, just walk it off. And they have to realize that we do have to go through these, these five stages. And there's no order that we have to go through them in or any finite time that they're going to last. It could, we could go through the five stages of grief in a day. Or we could go through the five stages of grief in five years. It's different for everybody. But it's something that, it's a personal thing that we have to go through ourselves. And eventually, it'll help us come through the other side. And we come out better for it. I think we come out better for it. I think some people look at it and think we're having a pity party for ourselves. And we're not. It's actually a coping mechanism. It's the same thing, like I said, if you were to lose somebody close to you, you go through these five stages of grief. Anytime you lose something, when you lose something that means that much to you, you go through these five stages of grief and it helps you through it. It's not a pity party. You're not feeling bad for yourself. It's just a coping mechanism. And that's what people around us have to realize too, you know, and just give us some space. But I, I do want to go through them. I want to go through them so that you know what you're going through and the people around you know what you're going through. Now, you have to keep in mind, everyone grieves differently. Right? Some, people, some people wear their emotions on their sleeve and they're outwardly emotional. Others, they'll experience their grief more internally and they may not cry. And you should try not to judge how the person experiences grief as each person experiences grief differently. All right, the five stages of grief are denial and isolation. Number two is anger. Number three is bargaining. 
Number four is depression. And number five is acceptance. Now, they don't necessarily have to go in that order, but those are the five steps. And we're going to go over each one real quick here. Denial and isolation. Our first reaction to any, the reality of any situation is to deny it actually happened. We try to block out and hide the facts. We start to believe that everything is meaningless. Nothing has any value any longer. And for most people that are experiencing the grief, this stage is temporary. It's a response that carries us through the first wave of pain. We just deny that it actually happened. It, we, we just try to put it out of our mind for a second. It didn't happen. This didn't happen to us. And then we move on to anger. As the masking effects of denial and isolation begin to wear, reality and its pain begin to reemerge, and we're not ready. This intense emotion deflects from our vulnerable core, redirects and expresses itself in anger. And what happens is we start to get angry at everything, everything from inanimate objects to strangers to family to loved ones. We just get mad. We get mad at our boss because well, if the boss didn't send us on that job, this would have never happened. Or we get mad at co-workers who had nothing to do with it, that if they would have done the job, it wouldn't have happened to us. But we get mad. We get angry. And remember, it's it, this is grieving. There's no right way to do it. So if that's what, if that's what you have to do to, to muddle through this, then that's what you have to do. It's not something that you're doing personally to somebody or you're taking out personally on somebody. It's it's just a stage of the grief that you're going through. You're grasping at straws to make things better, for lack of a better word. It's just, you're angry and you, you're trying to channel that anger at something. And then as that starts to wear off, you fall into bargaining. The normal reaction to feelings of helplessness and vulnerability is often a need to regain control through a series of if-only statements, such as, if only I didn't go to work that day, if only I didn't take that assignment, if only I did something different. This is an attempt to bargain. Secretly, we may even make a deal with God or a higher power in an attempt to postpone the inevitable and the accompanying pain. This is a weaker line of defense to protect us from the painful reality. Guilt often accompanies bargaining. We often start to believe that there's something we could have done differently and we could have saved ourselves. We could have saved the, the situation. We could have saved becoming disabled. Next, we go into depression. There are two types of depression that are associated with mourning a loss. The first one is a reaction to the practical implications relating to the loss itself. Sadness and regret predominate this type of depression. We worry about our, our inability to be able to take care of our family and cover the cost of living. We worry that in our grief, we've spent less time worrying about others and being with others who depend on us. This phase can be eased by simple clarification and reassurance. We may need a bit of helpful, helpful cooperation and maybe even a few kind words from others. And then the second type of depression is more subtle and in a sense, perhaps more private. You know, it's our quiet preparation. How are we going to handle this? And we think about it and that preys on our mind. And that can be the more the more difficult one to handle, the one that we handle, but we try to handle it by ourselves. And we have to learn to be open 
And we have to be able to ask for help. Sometimes, in all honesty, what we really need is a hug, some reassurance. But we go through it, and there's no timeline. Remember that. There is no timeline. You, you can say this is going on too long. People can tell you it's going on too long. But there is no timeline. You have to come through it yourself. This is a very personal process. And then the next step is acceptance. Reaching this stage of grieving is a gift not afforded to everyone. Loss is usually sudden and unexpected, and we may never see beyond our anger and denial. It's not necessarily a mark of bravery to resist the inevitable and to deny ourselves the opportunity to make our peace. This phase is marked by withdrawal and calm. This is not a period of happiness and must be distinguished from depression. Coping with loss is ultimately a deeply personal and singular experience, and nobody can help you go through it more easily or understand all the emotions that you're going through. But others can be there for you and to help comfort you through the process. The best thing you can do is to allow yourself to feel the grief as it comes over you. Resisting it will only prolong the natural process of healing. And that's those true words are never spoken. You have to be able to go through this you have to be able to live through it and survive it. And believe me, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You'll, you'll find a new reality. It may not be what you wanted. It may not be what you planned for. But it'll be something that you'll be able to grab onto and work with. That I promise you. So there you have it. Those are the five steps of grief that we go through. And I'm sure you must have seen yourself in it, at least in some of it. I saw myself in all of this, even the acceptance part. And believe me, like I said, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Don't think that this is going to engulf you for the rest of your life. It's not. And it doesn't make you crazy. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a weak person to go through this. It's just a normal process. And it helps us. As long as we're, as long as we're, we're willing to work through it. You don't want to get yourself stuck in the middle of it, though, either. That's a big thing. Well, I want to thank you for stopping by today. And I got some big news for next week. We're going to have a guest on the show that you're going to love. I'm going to put out a promo on Monday and you're going to want to you're going to want to hear it it's definitely going to be a winner of a show next week it's going to be one of our better ones and you're going to love it that's the only thing I can say I don't want to give too much away right now but we're going to have a guest on it's going to be a great show it's going to be a fun show and I'm looking forward to everyone being there now I want to remind you one thing before we go Things can always be worse. Remember that, my friends. Things can always be worse. Right now, there's somebody somewhere wishing that they were in your position. Remember that. Thanks again for stopping by. You've been listening to An Apple a Day. My name is Jimmy Apple, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Have a great, great weekend. And remember, laugh. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.